0: Welcome everybody. And welcome back. If you are a uh, avid listener of the, it's not normal. It's toxic podcast. I appreciate you for listening and I appreciate you for sharing. And I appreciate you for recommending, um, big deal to me. And I just want to say thanks for that. Um, last week, we talked about five mistakes that we make when we're trying to understand the confusion, when we're in a toxic relationship, um, toxic relationships, just to remind you, and I know I have listeners that are in every type of relationship. Um, I tend to kind of go down the road of relationship when I when I'm using examples and stuff. Um, just convert it. I think the reason I do that is because the big toxic relationship in my life was was a marriage. It was an intimate relationship, and so when I think of examples, I'm thinking of examples from my previous life. So don't forget to um, look around at your friend groups. Uh, if you've got family situations where some of the people in the relationships that you have with them is very easy, and some people in the family, the relationship you have with them seems a lot more difficult, start looking at that. Uh, Start looking at the coworkers, um, the the people that you spend most of your time with. Uh, As I'm talking about last week, the five mistakes we make when we're trying to understand the confusion that goes on in these types of relationships, and this week's topic is five things we think that are true, but they're not. And as you're listening to my podcasts, you know, they don't go in any order and I switch around with topics. but um you most people come to listen to the podcast with one person in mind. You know, we finally have hit our wits in and we start researching. And so we've got one person in our mind when we start doing this type of thing, but while you're listening and while you're learning, and for those of you who are who are my clients and for those of you who are in in the new community, which is fantastic, um, start thinking about the rest of the circles that you hang around with because your personality is one that benefits them. And so you might you might be in um, listening to the podcast for an intimate relationship. And as you start learning the behavior and understanding why, you might go, oh, well, you know what? Julie from high school does the same thing. Okay, it shouldn't surprise you that all of a sudden you're noticing that there's more and more. Um, they've always been there and they've probably always been a little bit unhealthy, but until you see it, you don't, you don't realize that. But as you learn it, you're gonna notice, oh, Dr. Heidi said that my personality attracted them. And now that I look around at the people in my life, There are there are a couple of them in there, and I divorced some friends. You know, you don't have to make a big deal of it. I just made myself unavailable. Oh, I got to iron my sheets. Oh, sorry, today's today I got to rake my rocks. Um, You just make yourself unavailable. It doesn't have to be a big thing, Um, but I'm encouraging you to do that as you listen to these. Connect the dots. Sometimes people will will sit down and write the the 20 people that they spend most of their time with, and you can evaluate that now if somebody you really love shows up on this list, don't worry about it, you know, because you're probably showing up on someone's list too. Everybody has toxic traits. We all have the ability to be toxic. We can all criticize. uh, We can all lie. We can all do that. Um, When it becomes a toxic relationship or a toxic environment, meaning it has developed into an abusive environment, abuse is a cycle. You guys know that toxic traits are cyclic and they're repetitive. So you'll start seeing they're using the same traits over and over again. You know, everybody's entitled to a bad day and can be crabby and criticize and be grumpy and whatever. So so just know that when we're talking about toxic, we can all be that. And again, encouraging you to look around at your social circles. And that's actually what got me started doing this work is, is I had kind of, I mean, I got out of that one. And then I think I was like, oh, whew, that's the last one of those. It's probably the only one. The only person on the planet that's like this. And and then when I moved and I was having to engage in business and I started noticing working with some people was very easy. You just went to work and you were happy and you, you didn't feel nervous. You didn't feel anxious. And then there was other people in my life that I felt like the relationship was a little more difficult. And that's when I started looking into this and looking into my past relationship and really, really asking myself, okay. This one's easy and this one's difficult. What is the difference? And that's how the whole coaching with Dr. Heidi thing started. But anyway, today the topic is five things we think are true, but they're not. Okay. Some of these might overlap a little bit with the five mistakes that we make when we're trying to understand it, but they're probably not going to need much explanation. But as you listen to them, be really true to yourself. Um, you know, look, look at what you're doing and look at your behavior, because a lot of this has been a slow drip, which has caused you to adapt or kind of merge into this behavior. And you would, you would never notice it until I tell you to look at it and you're going to go, Oh, I am doing that. And I thought it was true. Um, so really, really start thinking, you know, I mean, a lot of you are probably listening to this while you're driving, but if, if you have the ability to voice the five of them in your phone, so you remember them. Um, you might be able to remember that when you do it, you're thinking you're accomplishing something, and you're probably not. You know, this is this is a whole nother layer of the next education level for you to understand the situation that you're in. So, number one of the things we think are true but they're not is if I play nice, you know, if I take the high road, if if I am cooperative, and if I let them have their way. I'm going to get what I need. For those of you who are in these types of relationships or have been in these types of relationships, it's because we have a good personality. And I'm not saying we're the ones with the good personality. Um, I'm just saying we are empathetic. Uh, We are driven by helping people and supporting people. And so that's a lot of times why we end up in these because we want to help and support them. And we don't know in the beginning what we know when we're listening to this podcast, right? So, We have become great actors and actresses in the time that we have spent in these toxic relationships. You know, we've traveled down a lot of relationship roads in our life. And like I just said a minute ago, you know some of them are easy and some of them are hard. And the ones that felt difficult, you didn't like being in that situation near as much as you liked being in the one that you felt comfortable in. And because we are wired to give and support and compromise and Help people out. Um, we really, really want to avoid conflict and keep the peace. And regardless of how we feel about certain things when we're in this in these relationships, we begin to act the way we think they want us to. And we just play the part, right? So, how are some of the ways that you're trying to keep the peace and keep conflict down? Well, I tried to keep the peace by being nice regardless of how I was treated. And and just when I said that, I had three different relationships pop into my head. Oh, you know, it's okay. Don't worry about me. You know, and, and we put a smile on our face like everything's fine. And we just are nice to them regardless of how they treat us. But it didn't really, probably really work. How are some other ways that we try to keep the peace? By taking the blame for things. So conflict cal- calms down. We take the blame because they're not going to take responsibility for their behavior. You know, if it's, if it's bad or if it's mistreatment or if it's ugly or if it's harsh, they're never going to take the blame for that. And if you call them out on it, blow up. So, oh, we end up taking the blame just to calm down and have peace. Uh, we allow our boundaries to be crossed and then we negate setting boundaries in the other areas of our life with other people. How do we keep the peace? We listen to the criticisms. And then in your head, when you have heard some of these criticisms, I remember I did this. I remember thinking, I don't even think that's true. Like that is so far away from what I really am. Yet I would still try to fix it. So we believe the criticisms and we also try and fix them. Uh, We deny any mistreatment, both to them, like we will downplay it. After it's happened, I mean, we initially might be angry or upset or or sad, but then we know we cannot carry on that feeling, or there's going to stay conflict and very high stress feeling in the house. So we deny any mistreatment or we turn it down. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Don't worry about it. Um, and we deny any mistreatment to other people. You know, one of your friends will say, "You know, I don't. It really bothered me uh, what your wife said to you over dinner," and you go, "Oh, you know, that's nothing." She was just having a bad day and she just took it out on me. When you know, you've seen it a thousand times. So, so we deny it um, to them. We deny it to others. And in doing that, you're denying it to yourself, right? And we do it to keep the peace and keep conflict down. Um, we keep the peace by giving them the benefit of the doubt. I was telling um, somebody, I don't remember who it was, but I feel like feel like I should stock shirts that say I'm a benefit of the doubter. because. You know, when you were raised, you were kind of taught. Well, give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Everybody's got a good side, and and so we always give them the benefit of the doubt, which, you know, is basically accepting responsibility. But we do that to keep the peace. You know, um, we also this was a huge one for me. Um, we go back to the acting, but we try to keep the peace by acting like they have done something to earn our respect, right? You know, they think they can say, you know, you don't respect me. And oh, ta-da, all of a sudden you're going to respect them. You know, but we in our heads know they they don't act respectable, but we have to act like we respect them, right? Um, we also try to keep the peace by overriding the mistrust that you have in them. And again, acting like, you trust them. How many in here um, have had somebody in your life say, you know, how come you don't trust me? You know, the problem isn't me. The problem is that you don't trust me. Okay. And then we immediately go, oh, maybe I have a problem with trust. Okay. I'm sorry. Trust is earned. And whenever I heard, how come you don't trust me? Or I don't know what your problem is that you don't trust me. It's because you're doing untrustworthy things. You know, that's what makes people not trust you. But the toxic personality thinks that they can say, you have to respect me and you you, ha- you have to trust me. You have to trust me? That, that, that does not even make sense. You have to trust me? Trust is earned. Trust is something that can take years to build and it literally could take a half a second to destroy. And then you have somebody going, somebody, you know, telling you, you have to trust me. Okay, that's really easy. But, but we pretend we do to keep the peace. We also keep the peace by asking permission. Can I go shopping? Well, you're 42. Of course you can go shopping, right? But we learned by repetition and reprimand that if we didn't ask permission, we weren't keeping the peace. That's for sure. Um, we keep the peace by overlooking their lies, you know? as soon as somebody hears the term gaslighting and you do a little bit of research, you know that your facts are true. And like, I used to even go write them down because when I learned what that was, or I, you know what? I didn't even learn what that was because I never researched any of this when I was in um, a marriage that was unhealthy. I didn't I didn't do any of this learning and, and research and digging crap back up until long after I was out of it. Uh, but there was times when I thought, I know, I know, I know, I know. I have facts. I have paperwork. I have, you know, fingerprints or whatever, and they will still deny it. Which then makes you go, "What? You know, I have printed out emails. Well, that wasn't my email account, really, because it has your email address on it. Well, I don't know what to tell you." And so then we start thinking that our memory's bad, or you know, maybe we're overreacting, or or maybe we jump to conclusions because. The gaslighting makes us question our reality and our sanity, and it makes us feel a little bit nuts, maybe. I don't like to use the word nuts, but it makes you feel very, very questioning your own mental state. And so what we do to keep the peace is we basically just overlook the lies. Um, We also keep the peace by giving up your family, giving up your friends, giving up your hobbies, you know, letting your support system go. We do that because our support system, our family, our friends, and our hobbies are things that bring us emotion. We love being with our family at Christmas. It's the best. Or, you know, you love hanging out with your friends and we love hobbies. We enjoy them. Um, you are getting emotion from something other than them. So they're going to make it very difficult for you to see your family, for you to see your friends. And what do we do to keep the peace? We realize that it's easier for us to have conflict with our family and friends and it's easier for us to quit our hobbies than to have that conflict and unrest with them all the time. So we're cutting people out of our lives because we're trying to keep the peace with them. Um spending time and money on them so that they feel important. This 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 to me was absolutely frustrating. Um I you ask ask what do you want for Christmas? Oh, you get the description with the model number and the size and the the horsepower and all of this stuff. And you find the exact one and you get it. And it basically clears out your bank account. And you're so excited because you think you finally got the right present. That wasn't the one I wanted. Well, you look at your notes and you look at the box and it's the exact one you wanted, but they insist that's not what they told you. So you must have written it down, right? So we go through all of this time and all this energy to make them feel like we admire them and they're important. We, we go right back into acting. Okay. So um, it goes along with the number one thing that we think is true, but it's not the playing nice, the taking the high road, the cooperating, you know, the letting them have their way. It never really pans out. You're, you're really just doing the same thing over and over again, getting the same result. Um, They're You know, need I continue on that list? You could probably go through a day of yours and write stuff down on how you kept the peace. Now now ask yourself again, have any of those efforts that I just listed, have they ever paid off for you? You know, it never worked for me. It didn't matter what I did, but even though I knew it wasn't gonna work, for some reason, I thought it was true. You know, I compromised and I forfeited and I gave up my rights and I gave up my values and thinking it was keeping the peace. There was literally never peace. It was no matter what I did, it was chaos and drama. But the next morning I'd get up and I'd take the high road and I'd be nice. And same thing, right? Um, it I, I don't even know if it ever happened. But we continue to believe that if we're the ones that do that and act right, that someday they're going to look and they're going to notice how much sacrificing we've done. And and they're going to be less reactive, and they're going to be more lovable. And they're finally going to give us the relationship that that we want. So we continue to just give and give and accommodate and act. Um, as a nice person, it's in, our, it's in our nature to do this type of thing. I say nice like like we're better than other people. So when I say nice, it's just our personality has the kindness, you know, taking care of people. But none of our nice efforts are ever going to pay off. Um, they're never going to count. Um, if they're the ones that want to be in control, they don't care how hard you try. They don't care how hard you work. They don't care how much you sacrifice because you're in their life to do that for them. They know that if you choose not to be nice, you guys know how this goes. You wake up one morning and you're cranky and you've shoved 27 things down. And on the 28th thing, explosion, right? But they, they know that if you choose not to play nice, even if it's just once, Um, they have something to hold over your head because they didn't deserve to be treated like that. You called them a name and you yelled, right? Oh, they do that every day, all day long. But the one time you do it, you will pay for it for the rest of your life. So what do you do the next morning? You get up and you take the high road, right? And you act and you smile and you trust them because we think it's gonna keep the peace. And and that's not true. Um, We are so strangely locked into the whole playing nice But it just it just doesn't work. You know, even upon leaving the relationship, even upon divorcing. We think that if we just don't take our half or we don't make them mad or, you know, we we give them some stuff, you know. As it turns out, they're they're going to try and destroy you anyway. And and divorce is scary because we don't know how they're going to react, but. They're going to react the same, whether you are nice or not, because at the end of the day, it's all about power and control, you know, attention, because that's the stuff that makes them feel secure. So if you're being nice all the time, just know it's not going to help. Um, It's probably going to keep you a little safer in, in volatile environments than standing up for yourself, but it's not true. Still, it's very difficult to change that. Okay. Number two, if I could just explain to them, if I could just, if I could just go over it again, um, maybe they'll think I'm serious. Maybe they'll listen for once and maybe they'll eventually get it right. How many times in your relationship, um, did you feel like, okay, we have to have a talk. Well, you know, you can't say we have to talk because that doesn't really go that well. Um, So you wait until everything is perfect, or you think everything is perfect, and you've got the words you're going to use, and you've got, you know, um, the right color on, and you made dinner last week, Wednesday, which is what they wanted, and you picked the right tone of voice, and you picked the right time of day, and, you you know, I'm saying that because that's actually how our brain works when we're trying to think of how to bring up something that's been bothering us. Um, How many times have you tried to have that conversation, and how many times have you Done all of that and stressed out and, you know, anxious and know you have to say it and it's eating you up inside. And we continually explain, define, repeat, and show them that they have hurt our feelings and we really need them to act more like us, right? Nope, not true. They are wired totally different than us, totally different. And we keep suspecting for some reason we call, we call it hope. I'm just going to hang on to hope. You know, no, you're no, nope, that's not what I call it. I call it. We don't know how they're going to react. We accommodate to them. We try to explain and we try to, to describe how we're feeling. And if we just do it correctly, they're going to wake up one morning and they're going to act like us. Nope. That is not true. They are wired completely different. And each day they are going to wake up and they are going to act exactly like themselves no matter how much you explain and no matter how nice you say it, they're going to wake up tomorrow morning and they are going to act like themselves. Um, truth. They are not interested in how you feel. They are interested in how they feel. You know, They are not interested in what you need. They're interested in what they need. You know, they don't care about the changes that you would like to see in them because they don't really think there's anything wrong with them. So us asking them to change is no different than them asking us to change. And we don't like that. I didn't like it, but I, but yet I changed everything and he never changed anything. Um if they hurt your feelings, you know, they're only in in it for control if they hurt your feelings. If I can make you feel bad, I feel better. You know, if your feelings were hurt it was because it's because you're sensitive and you can't take any type of constructive criticism. So we start acting again like our feelings don't get hurt. Well, when you act like your feelings don't get hurt, how many of you have used the word numb? We don't dare be happy and we don't dare be sad because we're gonna be in trouble for being happy and we're gonna be in trouble for being sad. And I don't really mean in trouble, but they're gonna tell you why you shouldn't be happy and tell you why you shouldn't be sad. So they're gonna invalidate your feelings anyway. Number three, if I just try harder, if I just be better, if I would have just kept my mouth shut and be more of the person that they say I wanna be, things will get better. Okay. The toxic personality has trained you to have your attention on them. We watch what they say and we watch what they do so that we are ready to react. That's that's what survival mode is. You know, we are always just trying to get through today and we feed off of the mood that they're in. Um, if they feel that your attention is drifting off of them, like perhaps to yourself, You start doing hobbies or you start going to the gym or you start doing some self-care or you're having friends over um, or you're visiting family. Your attention is not 100% on them when you're doing that. Um, Perhaps they feel that your attention is drifting to work. You're spending too much time. You're putting way too much energy in. you're tired when you get home. Um, They're going to notice that your attention is not on them. Um, If your attention is on one of the kids. Or all the kids, if it's a birthday, if one of the kids is sick, um, if if you are just trying to spend some quality time, uh, holidays, you know, you're giving to others, you're decorating, you're all excited, you're celebrating, you, you want to be with others. Okay, all of those things take your attention off of them. So what's going to happen is they're somehow going to distract you, make a demand, pick a fight so that your attention goes back onto them. Now, there's a podcast that I did on this, it's called the treadmill of unrealistic expectations. It's episode number 132. If you haven't listened to it, do so. If you've listened to it, listen to it again. Okay. Um, We want to please them. We always want to please them and we feel like it's going to make our life easier. We're willing to change to make that happen. So we jump on this treadmill, right? And we're working our tail off, trying to change and improve and fix all of the things that they have mentioned that should be a little bit better with us, right? And as soon as you achieve something or as soon as you perfect something, they are gonna change the goals. They're gonna raise the expectations and they're they're gonna change the rules because if you achieve it and they approve of it, you're gonna be proud and your attention is gonna be off of them. So they just have to up the ante. So we jump right back on that treadmill and how far do we actually run when we're on a treadmill? You're in the you're in the exact same place, you know. You actually run, but when you your location is the same place. So we're putting all this energy into changing and adapting and doing better for them, and we end up in the exact same place anyway. So, you know, if if I can eventually become the person that they say that they want me to be, it'll be better. No, it won't. You, you're going to be on a continual spiraling path that just drags you down and still has your attention on them. Number four, if I can learn to stand up for myself, they're going to see that I mean it and things will get better. Okay. My personal experience, this did not happen. In fact, the opposite happened. When I started standing up for myself, that was a sign of me using my power. Okay. In this relationship, that's not how it works. Right. So me standing up for myself made him feel like he lost power and um, the things that he used to do to get a reaction weren't working because I'd been seeing it forever. So I started standing up for myself and everything had to get louder. Everything had to get bigger. Things had to get broken. Walls had to get punched because you're standing up for yourself, which means you're trying to use your power. And you know we've been in this long enough that you know I get the power. And so they they really try to push you back into that place where, You're not standing up for yourself. And and that is very frustrating because then onlookers like your parents or your sisters will go, why don't you ever stand up for yourself? Because we've tried it 92 times. And if we go back to the number one, we're trying to keep the peace, right? It's easier for us to just roll with whatever than stand up for ourselves. But this this can be very dangerous. Um, You know, I felt my power. I used it and things went south. Huge fights, you know, pushing, shoving, behind the back stuff, um, cheating, hiding money, breaking things that, were, that meant stuff to me because that was not how it was going to work. I didn't get the power. Somebody else got the power. So um, they're not going to tolerate you becoming a strong, independent person. That can take care of yourself. That is a threat to their control, which is a threat to their self-security. So If I start standing up for myself, things will get better. Nope, not true. And in many cases, it actually makes it worse and it it escalates the abuse. Number five, if they would just find somebody else, they'll go away and leave me alone and I'll be free. Okay, that is how the emotionally wired person thinks. But there comes a time in the toxic relationship with almost everyone. And I talked to two people within the last few days that were right here. And I, I pegged it when I talked to them that you were right here. And I remember being there. Um, You really start pushing back a little bit. You start standing up for yourself. Like we were just talking about. And um, that's about the time you think, Oh my gosh, I wish they just find somebody else. Okay. Okay. It does, it doesn't work like that because, you know, we think it would be true as you find yourself becoming emotionally disconnected, you know, they're not affecting you quite as bad. You kind of ignore them when they throw a fit and you will stand up for yourself and you'll tell them to load the dishwasher or whatever. Um, But the toxic personality does not have the capability to feel secure in themselves through the things that they do. Okay. Um, It doesn't matter how much money they have, how many friends they have, how, um, how fit their body is, what job title they have, what they've accomplished, it's never enough to make them feel super secure. So they have people in their life, which is why you are in a toxic relationship, um, to supply them with those feelings of power and control that we've been talking about. Okay, if we take that concept and and we think about the dictators in history, a dictator doesn't go out and conquer one country and go, yeah, it's good enough, right? they feel power and they feel control and they've got attention and they've got admirers. And that makes them feel very secure in their ruling, in their dictatorship. So they immediately go out and conquer as many countries as they can because the more people they can have giving them those feelings, the more secure they feel in their role as a dictator. Okay, the toxic personality, if you ask me, operates the exact same way. You know, what what will happen is they will find somebody else And you'll still be stuck. There's no freeing because why would they settle for one? If they've got you trained and they've got another one in training to give them what they need. Um, I was divorced for two years before, um, the day I ran away and I have talked about the day I ran away once in a while on the podcast, but I don't think a lot of people knew. I had been divorced for two years and nothing changed. Um, I worked with him every day in the clinic. Uh, we we had two houses on the same property. Um, all of our property was still together. All the money was still together. Uh, we had 50-50 of the kids, but there was no parenting plan. So that didn't have anything really solid in it. And um, I was still being controlled in literally every single aspect of my life. And I remember the day I had the divorce papers. I was so excited because I'm like, oh, thank goodness I made it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have anything except divorce papers in my hand. Right. Um, But that's because I didn't know then what I know now, I didn't know um, the things that he needed and the things that I was giving and supplying him. Well, he's not going to let me go. That's why they call a thousand times and they text a thousand times and they show up on your doorstep when you try to end the relationship, because they are not going to let you be the one that takes, takes their power away. Okay. Well, I was just Still trying to keep the peace, right? Um, so so if they find somebody else, there's no guarantee that they're going to go away. Um, some, I know that there is discard and sometimes that does happen. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this. I honestly think when there's a discard, it's because there's a new supply. Um, something that looks better, something that's going to give them more than what you give them. Uh, usually what happens though is when that goes south and they need attention, guess who's getting the text? They always miss you when you start doing good, because if if there's trouble with the girlfriend, they're gonna text the ex-wife, or if there's trouble with the mistress, they're gonna text the wife. You know, there's there's gonna be this back and forth thing. You high school girls do this. If there's if there's trouble with you know Lizzie, then I'm gonna go be friends with Jane. Right. But then when the but if there's trouble with Jane, I'm gonna check with Lizzie. And oh, and then if that doesn't work, then I'll go back to Jane and see if that works, and then I'll just find a new one. And pretty soon I'll start being nice to Lizzie and Jane, and then I'll have three. You know, that's that's how the the high school dynamic works. And I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast before, but um teenagers, this is a whole different topic. I shouldn't even bring it up because it's gonna be gonna be a can of worms, but teenagers because they're discovering themselves and they're trying to be independent they turn into little toxic people you know they want your attention they want a reaction they know everything you know nothing they think they have the rules all of that so if you have teenagers and you're learning this use the same thing don't don't react to your teenager don't fight with them that's what they want because what does a parent do after they punish their teenager oh I feel so bad I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have picked a fight. Maybe I should have just let him go to the the ball game. Now you need to be a parent, but because a lot of, like a lot of us are so used to being controlled with our emotions that you will notice that you will transfer that control straight to your kids. We don't want our kids mad. So we'll just give them what they want. Okay. That's like, you know, the infant or the two-year-old that throws a fit in the in the toy aisle and rather than carrying them out of Walmart, we buy them the toy. Right. And the teenager thing was just a little side note, but I promise it works. Um, so the five things that we think are true, but are not are if we take the high road and we'd be nice, things are going to get better. Um, I'm going to have to scroll back here because I don't remember. Um, if we could just explain, then maybe they will. Understand, and they're going to wake up and act like us, right? Nope. Um, if we just try harder, if we just do better, if we just become the person that they need, it'll get better. If if we can learn to stand up for ourselves, it'll get better. If they find somebody else, it'll get better. Okay, I literally believed that those were true through the entire relationship, um, and again, I moved started a new business, had other people come into my life. I still thought that. I still thought all those things were true. Now, looking back at them, I worked my ass off for all of those five things. It didn't, nothing helped. So so like I said at the beginning, really pay attention. Are you doing these? I know you're doing them to keep the peace. But even if you don't change anything, including standing up for yourself, be very aware how conditioned you are to do these five things. Well, the finding someone else isn't actually something you're doing, but to do the other four things, you are completely conditioned to do those things because we think they're true. It's kind of like the, um, the oldest saying in the book is actions speak louder than words, right? Yet we listen to the words that come out of their mouth and we believe them. And then they have all of this craziness going on and they're hurting you and hurting your, feel, your feelings and they're cheating on you and they're stealing money and they're calling you names. But they said that this was going to be okay. Okay. Actions speak louder than words, yet we hang on to the words and we let all the actions just slide. Well, they said they were going to get better, but they've been really bad this week. You know? Um, so just, this is just for you to be very, very aware that what are you doing in vain? Like what are you doing that you're doing over and over and you're getting the same result? That's, that's what awareness is in my toxic relationship, awareness and healing specialist, We need to be aware so that we understand.